0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Having a family can increase financial stress. To begin with, in the very early days, you can lose one income if a parent stays home. And moving on from that, someone often ends up working part-time, then you have the costs of daycare if you're working, or even if you're not, when the children start heading towards school. You want them in early learning centres. The bills keep coming in. They don't stop just because you're having children. And it can place a lot of pressure on your relationship. So how do you manage financial stress when you have young children? Ginny Lindsay is a psychotherapist and couples counsellor at from two to three, and she has some tips on how we can manage it. Hi, Ginny. How are you? Good morning. Good. How much can... How much can financial stress actually damage a relationship?
1: Financial stress can damage a relationship greatly because when a baby comes along, it's really the time of many firsts. It's the time where they're living off one income and it's often the time also that the mother hasn't worked. And so there's a change in role for her as well that comes about at this time. So... There's a lot to learn when the baby first comes along about how to manage money. And so when they go to one income, often there's a lot of guilt for the mother because she's not contributing financially. And then there's also a lot of pressure for the husband, because he becomes the sole provider, and so ultimately the dynamics in the relationship have changed from how it was before, and it can be exacerbated,
0: can't it? Because I've heard of people, um, one partner being given an allowance by their partner, and it yeah. just makes my skin crawl to think of it that way. Because yes. it's almost like, oh, please, sir, can I have some more? Like exactly,
1: it doesn't and that and equal. that puts a huge amount of strain if they don't both agree on it. And I think what it comes down to a lot of it also is expectations. So expectations about how you were parented will always come to the fore and roles. Role modelling from the parents will always come to the fore as well because how your parents dealt with being on one income and the role that the wife played and the role that the husband played Um, often being the breadwinner and often being the homemaker. But those roles have changed a lot now. But because that was what was modelled, a lot of people still fumble through this time about how to actually do this adjustment well. And so I always think it's a really good idea for clients to actually potentially sit down and talk about how they see Working with one income, setting a budget, and potentially even starting that budget six months even before the baby's born to try and just feel what it's like before you've got the added adjustment again of the baby coming on board. So, the thought of um, having your money limited, you'd have to actually bring them in together to ask, well, what's that about? Is she not being accountable or responsible for managing money or is it more control, dominance and how does that make her feel as far as in herself and is that a healthy way about actually doing it? Another part of financial stress that I've
0: found anyway, because um, my partner's a freelancer and his income is completely unpredictable, Mm. and the stress that I found in that situation was literally not knowing month to month if we could pay our rent. Now, we always made it. Yeah, We always paid our rent. Mm. It's not like he just wasn't working. It was just sometimes the work was there, sometimes it wasn't. And I have never known how to deal with that well because yeah. I would just get so stressed. And, you know, t- there'd be times when the fees would come in for swimming or yeah. I'd know that the insurance was coming in with the, with the car or whatever like that. Mm. And, and just not knowing, and I'm a very organized person, just not knowing how to deal with that stress. And it, it was emotional because yeah. I'd start to get cross with him and say, look, can't you just... Yeah. Go get a normal job.
1: or Yes. (laughs) So it brings up a lot of other emotions and that often taps into. And I think that's a really tough situation when people are living month by month like that because there is – you can only budget so much. And so that's really where communication is the key to be able to sort of – be very honest with each other about these are the up-and-coming expenses. You're working together as a team. And I think that's the key is to actually constantly be working together as a team and putting on the table what those expenses are. And when we've got our own emotional process that's on the side that often dealing with finances and money brings up for us. And that's where we, are on our own, we actually have to go, well, what's that about for me? What What's that tapping in for me? Because the money is just the trigger. I guess what I'm
0: trying to say is that mm. with most young families, we end up having less money to work with, regardless mm. of who's earning it or mm. how the money is being managed. We just have less. And that in itself feels really mm. stressful. Yes. But if you're not on the poverty line and it's, mm. just, it's just hard, mm. but you're not struggling, yeah. is it maybe about our mindset? It's about
1: expectations, I think. I think that has um, a lot to do with what everyone's always looking out for what they want and what's around them and what other people have got and not actually just being able to accept what they've got is enough expectations falls into so many areas and it really kind of unravel people I think as far as you know they watch what their parents have or they watch what their friends have so their belief systems change about what they believe they should have and what they therefore expect or want to have and I think that when we fall into that the that sets us up to often fall and not appreciate just what we've already got right under our nose. Um, But there's expectations everywhere around us and it's being able to actually be able to look at that isn't us and this is what we've got. I'm really grateful and it's bringing in gratitude, I think, because if we live in expectations and don't look at gratitude, then we're going to fall many times. Gratitude is actually just looking and feeling blessed for what we've already got right now and going, you know what, we've got this, we've got this. I'd love that, but that's not going to be ours. And then if that brings up the emotions, it's like, well, what's that about? And you look, as you say, in the third world countries, they're so poor, but the kids are really happy and they play with bottles in the street and they'll kick them around. But they're actually really, really happy kids. We're here, we tend to want to give and give and give, thinking that that's going to actually make our kids happy. But all they want is actually our love and for us to actually sit down with them and play with them and spend emotionally quality time. And that will make your kids happy. And in that interaction, often that feeds the parent as well. So it's not always about the materialistic, I've got to buy for. It's actually more sitting back down and going, I need to be with and being with our kids gets rid of a lot of those emotional expectations because that's the connection that makes actually feeds our souls. And and it's funny you say that because I think uh, I
0: was told that when my kids started primary school that um, I'd be enrolling them mm. in music lessons and yeah. gymnastics, and, and I was like, I don't want my kids to be over-scheduled, so to speak. And they said, oh, you don't understand, Chev. You know, there's there's, com- there's competition. Yeah. And um, there have been times when I've looked at my daughter and thought, oh, are you missing out because yes. I can't afford to put you in yeah. all of these things? And so there's almost like a social pressure mm. to that, that you are – failing your children somehow yeah. if you can't afford to even put them in classes yeah. for those things. And
1: I totally I totally understand that because the opportunities that the kids have these days are enormous and there's just, you know, you can put them in preschool and they're learning a language and then if you're not putting your child in that preschool that doesn't offer that, are they missing out? And I think that's the question is are they missing out? But I think it goes back to your values and does it really matter at three or four if they don't speak a language? They've got many, (laughs) many, many years to actually learn that. But I think there is a social pressure because a lot of kids do a lot of activities. But as a parent, I think the key is we have to always keep that balance about how much they're actually doing. So it comes down to finances, but it also comes down to parenting. I could put all that on their plate, but is that actually in their best interest? Will they be happy or are they going to end up being exhausted? We're then fighting all the time and the whole house falls apart because we've given them everything, but emotionally the balance is out. And then they're they're probably just, you're running around all weekend. Yeah. So I think it does come down to the parent a lot to be able to go, what is driving this? What is this about for me if I say no? how will I be viewed amongst my peers? What flack may I get from my children? And how will I handle that? Will I cave in and go, okay, okay, but actually my gut, I know I shouldn't be saying yes. So a lot of it always comes back to what is going on within the parent that they feel they need to actually give in all the time and appease the child or give in to society or To friends and that's the question I think you've always got to say is what is driving this for me as the parent? Is it to socially fit in or is it to actually appease the child because I don't want to say no and let them down because then they won't like me? And that is a big driver for a lot of parents to to then spend a lot. So the driver often underneath is, I need to buy this or do this for my kids because then they'll think I'm amazing. But actually, if you ask a lot of kids, when I used to work with a lot of children, they just want to sit down and, and draw and play games on the floor, board games, and have quality time that way. And they'll be the memories that they actually hold and develop as to having a relationship. So it's not always about doing
0: you're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Ginny Lindsay, who's a psychotherapist at From Two to Three Counseling. We're talking about financial stress and its impact on relationships and we've we've kind of ranged widely as I often do with Ginny. But um I did want to come back to a point you mentioned then, Ginny, about expectations. Mm. And we kind of started off this conversation talking about some very traditional um, expectations that are still around about yeah. families, about the dad being the breadwinner mm. and maybe the mother being the home maker, so to mm. speak i 've often wondered how much um, that hurts fathers the uh, this idea that they have to be the breadwinner in terms of um, if they feel a bit hopeless at home once a new mm. baby arrives, if they then feel like I have to up my hours at work, I have to bring in more money to provide for my family. And that this is a pressure we don't often understand because mm. we're well, I'm I'm a woman. I yeah. identify with women yeah, and yeah. and what they're going through at home. Mm. But do we miss that for dad sometimes?
1: I think that that the the thing is a lot of people have had two incomes and they've sorta of set their budgets and their living and things on that. And so When one income drops off, there is noticeably going to be a change in how they then have to view that. So if she can lower her expectations and say, I'm okay to do without this, this and this, and then they renegotiate what the budget is, then they can work really quite well together. But if it's an expectation we're going to remain the same lifestyle, then that's really tough for a guy because he has to go, I've got to wear that and so maybe it does mean more hours and then that has a cost and a payoff as to how he's going to then be emotionally available to her and how he's going to be emotionally available to the family. So, you know, you do then get the sense of resentments coming through, the sense of this is unfair. I think this can cause a lot of strain just when people don't renegotiate what that budget is. Um, We're not very good about talking about money, are we? No. I mean
0: oh, That's my sense. I know yeah. I'm not good about it, even in our most intimate relationships.
1: Yeah. It seems to just be a topic that causes sort of like sex and religion and money, you know, are very sensitive subjects, depending also on how you've been brought up. Some families, you know, in their, in their parenting, they didn't talk about money. And so... To then talk about money is quite foreign because they've never really had discussions openly about budgeting and how to do that and how to have it role modeled. So it is a bit learning on the job. And what can often happen is if you've got, so say she is more savvy with money than he is, and so... You've got an imbalance sometimes that happens there, but you've got egos that come in as well because I'm going to be the breadwinner, so let me do it, but he's not really sure of what he's doing. I mean, there's so many different things that come in when it comes to dealing with money. And I think the, the key is to look at discussing the expectations around money and how you were raised about money. Did you talk about it? Did, were, you, were you taught how to budget? And to be able to find a common ground in a way that you can compromise to go, well, these are important for us in our new family unit that we don't want to compromise on, but we could let these things go. So it's not assuming that things are going to stay the same and suddenly the wheels start falling off and it's like, oh, Really? There will be an adjustment period and it's having those conversations as awkward and um, difficult as it can be. You need to set them up. Maybe do it on a date night.
0: Well, (laughs) no. (laughs) No. I actually
1: think you set it up as a separate topic. We need to actually discuss this. Because that would be a bit date, of a downer on yeah, a date night, keep wouldn't date, it? keep date night as an up experience.
0: <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Ginny, thank you so much for your advice. Pleasure. That's Ginny Lindsay. She's a psychotherapist and counsellor at From 2 to 3 Counselling. We'll put links up to her website on ours. Just head to kindling.com.au.